All right. Well, we're excited because, again, this is Freedom Sunday, so it's a special Sunday that we set aside each year to focus on the issue of human trafficking. If you're new around here or new to the issue of human trafficking, you may be wondering what exactly is that, and I'm sure you'll have a, a clearer idea by the end of this service, but just in a nutshell, uh, it's anything by which uh, human beings are trafficked and sold. Uh, there's a lot of ways that that happens in our society. Uh, sometimes slaves are still sold into slavery in people's homes to do servitude. Uh, sometimes that happens through pornography. Sometimes that happens right in our backyard in massage parlors like we had here in West Monroe not very long ago if you watch the news. Um, people are trafficked across borders and from other nationalities. People are trafficked from the United States into Europe and all different parts of the world. It's a multi-billion dollar industry in our world today the trafficking in, in human flesh. Sometimes and most often it affects young people, even young children. Women often, but sometimes also boys. And so it's a, it's a huge and tragic issue in the life um, of our community, in the life of our nation, in the life of our world today. And so it's something that the Church of God nationally and globally has called attention to. It's something that we've been in the fight for, actually, in some parts of the world, for something like a hundred years or more. Um, there, we have a, a home in India that, back in the early 20th century, uh, was, was going around rescuing girls out of brothels uh, and, and things like that. So we've been kind of in this fight for a long time, but maybe have forgotten about it for a while and have realized in recent years how it touches close to home. And so the Church of God has multiple ministries across the United States and the globe that fight human trafficking, and, so, and they call that network or that project uh, CHOG Traffic Light. And today we're going to take an offering here in a little bit, and part of that offering is going to go to support those ministries of the Church of God. We're also blessed to have local ministries nearby that attack this issue as well. And so we've been partners with, for several years with a ministry called Project 41 that many of you are familiar with. And in the last year, Project 41 has kind of merged or come, come under the umbrella with uh, Freedom 13 Ministries. And we have the founder and director of Freedom 13 Ministries with us today to share in a message. And we're going to invite her to come in just a moment. Uh, so we're excited to be fighting this fight both locally and globally as a church. And we'll take an offering here in a little bit later. And you've got an envelope, you should, in your bulletin that says Freedom Sunday on it. And any amount of giving you want to put in that will go towards this issue of human trafficking. Half of it will go to Chog Traffic Light Projects um, in America and around the world. And half of it we will give to Freedom 13 today. And so... Um, we ask you to just be in consideration and prayer about that as we prepare. I've had a chance just to meet Lindsay Crawford just a little bit uh, in the last year, and I'm looking forward to her sharing with us today. She's going to share with us here in a, in a message, and then afterwards in our circles time, instead of breaking into our circle uh, groups, our adults and our youth are going to go into the fellowship hall and meet with Lindsay again. And she's going to share kind of some practical things about social media that we need to be aware of both as students and young people, but also as, uh, as adults and parents and grandparents. And so looking forward to that. And anyone, whether you're normally in a circle that meets after church or not, is welcome to come and join us for that in a little bit. 
Would you turn with me to Galatians 5, verse 13? There's Bibles in your pew in front of you if you need one, or you're welcome to use your Bible or your phone or app or whatever you've got. And as you do that, I just want to mention, if you're a guest with us today, there's a Connect card, should be uh, in front of you somewhere, near the Bibles and all that. And it just asks for like a name and email address so that we can get in touch with you. And uh, so we would appreciate it if you'd be willing to fill that out for us. And you can put that in the offering plate today or just leave it on your seat and we'll find it. It's good to have you with us. Galatians 5... Verse 13 is kind of the verse on which Freedom 13 was founded and where it gets its name. And so we're going to read that today and then we'll invite Lindsay to come and share with us. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your call to freedom. And we pray that you would bless our guest today as she comes to share with us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here today. I've, um, I've asked the Lord over and over and over uh, this morning. You know, how, how, how I am to begin with you. There's so many things that I could tell you. There's uh, so many intricate details to the, the starting and the founding of this ministry. But as I was listening and worshiping this morning and just really focusing on that word freedom, it obviously means a lot to me because it's, it's part of the name of, of our ministry. But personally, freedom means so, so very much. And I was, I've, I've often had this conversation with my husband, how uniquely different a worship experience in jail is compared to one maybe on Sunday morning, much like the one uh, this morning at the one in my home church for sure back in Ruston. And when you think about that concept of freedom, and the things that keep us from experiencing true, authentic freedom in Christ, we have to look inward. And I'm going to share personally with my, my story today and how, how Freedom 13 came to exist. I have it all written here in these, these nice, pretty notes so that I won't get off track. But I felt compelled to, to share this, this personal story with you real quick, in relation to our own personal freedom. And I'm talking about spiritually speaking when it comes to freedom. Years ago when I had just my two boys, I have three children now, but I, um, our oldest, I mean our youngest, is just turned seven. So for a while I had just my two boys, Wade and Eli. And I was a stay-at-home mom after teaching school for a number of years. And I sh I'll share that a little bit more about that later. But... Um, as you can imagine, with two small children, I had a lot of laundry. Boys, specifically, um, at the toddler age, can go through a lot of laundry. <laughs> so I felt like at one particular point in my life, that's all I did. You know, my husband would come home, what would you do today? Well, I did about ten loads of laundry and spanked a couple kids and changed a few thousand diapers. That's what it felt like on a daily basis at my house. 
But I had a favorite t-shirt that was from the women's ministry at my home church, and I wore it all the time. Some of you can relate to that, just having that, that favorite shirt, comfortable shirt, your go-to shirt, you know, when you get home and, and can finally change clothes and relax. And that was my go-to t-shirt. And just in the rush of our day-to-day activities, I washed it with something blue or dark blue. And you know where I'm heading with this story, women especially. Um, And it came out of the washing machine with these blue spots all over it. And I was just very upset. This was my favorite t-shirt. It was pink, which is one of my favorite colors. I'm a girly girl. And I was just very distraught over the fact that I had ruined this t-shirt. But I kept wearing it anyway. I would wear it at home when I needed to clean or, or, or whatever I needed to do. I'd still wear it, even with the blue spots. And a modern-day miracle actually happened at my home just a, a couple weeks after this shirt came out of the wash with all the blue spots on it. I mean, parting of the Red, Red Sea kind of thing. Because you know, once you've ruined an article of clothing, once it's turned pink or once it has those blue splotches, splotches you're, you can't go back from it. You can't fix it, unfortunately. But for whatever reason, when I pulled my favorite t-shirt out of the washing machine, a miracle had occurred. The blue spots were gone. And y'all know, that doesn't happen. But the Lord did not let me miss an opportunity to hear from him in that moment when I pulled that t-shirt out of the washing machine and it no longer had its blue spots on it. The Lord see said to me, Lindsay, that is what I've done for you. And I want you to think about your, your, your own personal life, especially when it comes to freedom. And students, I have a real um, heart for you guys. I taught middle school and high school for years, so I love kids. But the struggles and the issues that our kids are facing today, for many of us in my generation and up, we really can't wrap our heads around it because there's been a game changer for this generation and that, as you know, is the the smartphone, the one click away, having it right there in their hands. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment when I pulled that t-shirt out of the washing machine. He said, I see, Lindsay, that's what I've done for you. I've washed all of your spots away, yet you still walk around feeling exposed like everyone can see your spots. Is that making sense with some of you? Students and adults too, the statistics for men and women addicted to pornography in the Christian culture is 50%. It's really no different from what is happening in our quote-unquote world. But especially for our young men and young women, and I have two boys that I'm trying to raise in this very sexually saturated culture where everywhere they look, their flesh is being tempted at age 11 and 13. Both of them have already been exposed to pornography. And I do this for a living, and they still couldn't dodge that. See, we do things behind closed doors that we are greatly ashamed of. Or things happen to us that maybe we brought on ourselves or never even asked for. And we walk around feeling like everybody can see our spots. Exposed. That's what keeps us here in this American culture from experiencing true freedom. 
And I want you to know, even though I'm going to be specifically talking about trafficking today, our ministry is about helping men and women come to the realization that Jesus has washed their spots away. And maybe some of you here this morning just need to be reminded of that. So I have my, my notes here. I want to I start with this quote from the U.S. Department of Justice that says, Never before in the history of telecommunications media in the United States has so much indecent and obscene material been so easily accessible by so many minors in so many American homes with so few restrictions. That is the world that we live in. And Freedom 13 is about helping men and women, no matter how young, how old, be, come to the uh, realization of their own freedom in Christ. But let me start from, from the beginning and, and share with you my story and how we got here. See, when I was a little girl, only 10 years old, my father was pastoring the second largest Baptist church in this state of Louisiana. I'm a Southern Baptist girl. Y'all don't judge me. We had just moved to New Orleans, and not long after my father had taken the pulpit at his new church, my world completely changed as I knew it. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, but my father had been a serial adulterer. He had cheated on my mother a number of times, and one of his affairs had recently become public. As a 10-year-old girl, I only understood sex to be a sacred thing, to be cherished between a husband and a wife. That's how my mother explained it to me when I was young. And that was the only way I knew sex to exist until that moment, that split-second moment as a 10-year-old. As my father's affair became public and as I watched my mother's heartbreak, my innocence and everything I knew about sex, God's design for sex, became tainted and distorted in my mind as a child. As all of this was unraveling in our lives, I was still attending school at the church where my dad pastored, being a preacher's kid. Unfortunately, some of the most hateful people in my life have been the very people I've sat next to on Sunday mornings. As I played in the courtyard at recess during my fifth grade year, someone had placed a very hateful note near my lunchbox. We all ate outside in the courtyard. So that when I sat down to eat my lunch that day, I would read how much they hated my father and how he didn't deserve to be in the position he was in as pastor. And I'm sure the feelings of the person who left that note near my lunchbox could be justified. But for a child to be caught in the crossfire, to have to pay for the consequences of the decisions of her father is not fair. It is not right. But it happens every day. You see, as adults, we sometimes don't consider that our poor decisions will affect those around us, but they do. And the effects can last a lifetime. For me, that painful moment as a 10-year-old girl marked the beginning of a very long, painful at times, journey with the Lord. But it also marked the beginning of what I now see was the road to my purpose in this life. My destiny, my ministry, the reason for which God created me. See, only our God, there's no other religion on the planet that can compare to this. Only our God 
can use our deepest hurt and our most shame-filled moments for good and for his glory. Excuse me, I can't see my notes now. See, I know many of us wish our adult selves, right, could go back to our childhood and tell the child version of ourselves some pieces of advice, right? Wouldn't that be great? You know the old saying, if I only knew then what I know now. For some of us, we'd offer ourselves survival tips because as children, that's what we had to do. We had to survive. For others, we might go back and just offer simple solutions to everyday life because no one was around to explain basic things to us as children. We had to figure them out on our own. Or, if you are like me, and you'd probably go back and tell yourself this, follow Jesus. He is the only way. Satan is going to try to destroy you. This is me still talking to my child self. He will succeed at destroying your family, but you must not let him have you, or your heart, or your body, or your soul. Hold tight to Jesus because he will not let go of you and don't let go of him. Of course, probably had this been the advice I would have given myself, I wouldn't have listened. Because I'm sure someone along the line did tell me those things. Even as I watched my father preach and pastor many churches for over 20 years of my life, I would later hear of his pornography addiction learn of his habitual unhappiness in his relationship with my mother. And I would eventually walk, watch him walk away from 33 years of marriage. See, when your father preaches from a pulpit on a Sunday morning and cheats on your mother sometime between Monday and Saturday, the way that plays out in your life, or well, it, the way it played out in mine, was eventually I used his unfaithfulness as an excuse to behave like I wanted. If he had no respect for sex in the confines of marriage, then why should I? And who was he to tell me otherwise? I would throw my soul away to a man in college who cared more about drugs than alcohol. I, too, developed a strong taste for alcohol and tried drugs enough to scare me. Luckily, probably because of the incredible faithful prayers of my mother. I would come to my senses and I would end the toxic relationship and meet the man who now is my husband, a wonderful man, my grace gift, a man who loves Jesus, who loves me and loves our kids. And see, I know many of you would agree, going through the storm is hard, but if it gets us closer to our Savior, it's worth every trial, every test, and every heartbreak. And some of us may even say we'd do it again if we had to, if it was necessary to get us to the place God wants us. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen. Not on what is seen, excuse me, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. My mother has told me the Lord likes to burn away those things in us that aren't of him if we ask him, but sometimes the process is painful and hard and enduring. No matter how hard it gets, we have to let the Lord do what he needs to do 
to get us where he wants us. I never knew this during the trials, but God was preparing me for my purpose. He started preparing me as a little girl who got her heart broken by the one person she should have been able to always trust, her earthly daddy. Even then, and through that pain, my heavenly daddy was wooing me to him, preparing me early for the task ahead. I already said it, but I want to say it again. Only our God can use our deepest hurt and our most shameful moments for good and for his glory. Before God even gave me the vision for Freedom 13 Ministries, he was giving me the passion for it in several unique ways. I, like perhaps some of you, had heard about the issues of sex trafficking in our community. And by community, I had heard the stories of survivors in nearby cities. See, I live in Ruston, so I heard about them in Shreveport and heard about a few of them in Monroe. And questioned how this could even exist in a small town like Mayberry. I mean Ruston, right? Because Ruston is Mayberry, nothing bad happens in Ruston. Have you ever heard that? Y'all don't know because you live here in West Monroe. Right, I'm teasing. But it's true, we have this mentality about our, our own world, our own community, and uh, some of us can have a very distorted and sheltered view of that, and I did, until I started volunteering at our local pregnancy resource center. A precious young woman had been attending Bible study there at the pregnancy resource center for a while, but she had something on her mind that was really starting to get to her. She was about 20 years old now at this time, and she asked to speak to the teacher after class, and of course the teacher met with her and they prayed together. And what we later learned as a staff was that this young woman in Ruston was abused all her childhood at the hands of her own mother. Her mother, in order to pay their bills, had been selling her own daughter to the men in their apartment complex. This woman, now grown, was treated for her first STD in the second grade. I also learned around this same time of a student at Ruston High. She was a junior. She was pregnant for the third time. Her parents had forced her to abort the first two. And when asked by the staff member of this pregnancy resource center where I worked how many of her friends had had abortions, she answered nine. Again, Rustin, where nothing bad happens, right? See, I don't care where you stand politically on the issue of abortion. That's not my purpose today. But I think we can all agree that nine children who probably made a very quick decision about their bodies gave little to no regard about how that de decision was going to impact their minds and their souls. Of course, eventually their bodies. These are the stories that drove the passion and the prayers and eventually the vision behind Freedom 13. God called me to full-time ministry in 2015 after a teaching profession and staying home with my children for a total of 13 years. That number 13. Freedom 13 was founded on February 2nd and its mission is to take a proactive and a reactive approach in promoting sexual integrity with an emphasis on the original intent of God's design for sex, healthy relationships, and other relevant cultural issues. People ask me often why the number 13. 
when praying about this ministry and realizing God was calling me after being at home for 13 years. I knew he was calling me to something bigger than myself and he directed me to Galatians 5.13. We've already read it, but let me read it one more time. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The proactive side of Freedom 13, when I'm talking about being on the educational side of this ministry, we we have a name for it under the Freedom 13 umbrella, and we call it Made for Battle. This portion of our ministry has something very important at its central core, and this is it. We believe in the power of forgiveness and redemption through salvation and a relationship with Jesus Christ through the studying of God's word. We also believe in order to take a proactive approach in combating this incredibly sexually saturated culture, we must know what we're fighting against. We recognize sexual sin as a collection of many sins that affect our flesh and our mind, but even still at Freedom 13, we have to dig deeper to understand who the true enemy is. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Freedom 13's Made for Battle ministry offers several workshops and several opportunities like the one I'm getting to do right now to educate on all of those cultural issues that have any kind of impact, no matter how large or insignificant, on sexual sin. The reactive side of Freedom 13 we call Made for More. Just like Made for Battle, it also teaches men and women about the power of forgiveness and redemption through salvation and a relationship with Jesus Christ through the studying of God's word. Made for More teaches Bible study and life skills classes. We are in three detention centers now. Currently for men, this is overseen by my husband, obviously, We have partnered with a local drug and alcohol rehabilitation center to offer classes that issues, offer classes on issues men specifically face such as pornography, financial struggles, and leading in their homes. Our pastors already mentioned Project 41. They were a sex trafficking ministry here in Monroe. Your church has been in partnership with them for years, like that's already been mentioned. And and thank you on behalf of Project 41 for the partnership, for the donations, and, and for some of you who even volunteered your time. Last summer, Freedom 13 and Project 41 merged, and it was Project 41 that allowed Freedom 13 to enter into prison ministry for the first time. I never could have imagined the blessing and doors of opportunity that partnership with Project 41 would provide. What started as one class at one detention center here in Monroe at OCC has now multiplied into several Bible classes at two more detention centers, Lincoln Parish and River Bend in Lake Providence. I'm very proud to share with you about the newest member of the Freedom 13 family, and that's purchased, not for sale, NELA, which stands for Northeast Louisiana. This particular arm of ministry under the Freedom 13 umbrella represents the sex trafficking ministry. We realized the need and importance of this ministry after we learned that 100% of the women we've ministered to in jail 
have some sort of sexual trauma. Our experience has been all of them have that in their past. In fact, this last group of women at OCC that participated in our summer Bible study, we had about 12 in there, all of them, absolutely every single one of them, and this is here in Monroe, had either been trafficked and or pimped their own body for drugs, alcohol, shelter, even daycare for their kids, and in some instances, women sold their own bodies just to be able to purchase diapers for their children. Purchased NILA, as we call it, exists to provide rescue, relationship, resources, and recovery for women who are trapped in the sex industry and adult and minor victims also of sex trafficking. Our desire is to see every woman we meet fully restored to the woman she was created to be. Self-sufficient, whole, healthy, and full of life. Purchased uses a trauma-enforced, biblically-based program as the means of offering full restoration to the women we serve. Some of you have heard of Purchase Not For Sale in Shreveport, perhaps led by Cassie Hammett. They've been ministering to the women in their city for seven years. With their help, resources, and expertise, we at Freedom 13 are going to be able to build the program for purchase, NILA, from the ground up and tailor-made for our part of the state. Trafficking looks different in every city. Our hope is to have a day program in place by early fall, which is in about a month, for women who desire to be completely set free from the trauma and devastation of the sex trafficking industry. And our biggest need right now and it's a big one, is a house. And I ask that you would join us in praying for that provision, God's will and his timing, to be able to have a, a rescue and a restoration home for women in our community in northeast Louisiana. I read the other day a quote on Facebook. You know, we get our daily inspiration from Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. I read this one quote that said, the enemy always fights the hardest when he knows God has something great in store for you. When God started preparing my heart for ministry, there were so many days I fought, and I still do fight, feelings of insecurity and inadequacy and unworthiness. Those are some of Satan's favorite weapons right there that I just listed. There was no way I could plan or even prepare for the attacks the enemy brought on me personally and my family. Just to give you an idea, within the past 13 years, my parents' marriage of 33 years ended. I was an adult when that happened with my first child already born. When my middle son was 20 months old, he broke his femur, his thigh bone, and was in a spica cast from the waist down. A very important person in my life, someone I'm very close with, went from being the happiest person on the planet to trying to take her own life. My mother nearly died in the ICU when I was pregnant with my third child. And my mother-in-law actually did die from Lou Gehrig's in 2012. My husband and I nearly drowned in a freak rafting accident that same year. That's another story for another day, but our children were almost um, left without their parents. Our house also caught on fire in October of 2013, not to mention the countless spiritual and physical I attacks I endured personally. And here's the thing, I realized that 
Compared to some of you, those circumstances are nothing. Many of you are walking through worse situations than any of the ones I just listed. But here's what we could do. We could stand in the corner and we could cower, but God's word tells us that we are no coward because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I've learned to embrace the resistance from the devil because it affirms and confirms the work of God in my life, the life of my family, and of course at Freedom 13. I stand amazed at what God has done through this ministry. See, God is always writing our story. Even though he never wills or want heartbreak or destruction in our lives, he uses every bit of it, like I said, for good and to fulfill great purpose in our lives. Who knew that through all that pain, all that suffering, and all that heartbreak in my own life that started for me as a 10-year-old girl, God knew. God knew it would all fulfill kingdom purposes. That's the kind of God we serve. I want to end with one last story. I mentioned earlier of a bad relationship I had during my college years. Nearly destroyed me. On into my young adult years, well after being married to my husband, I told the Lord several times, I wrestled with it, Lord, if I could go back to my college days, I would have lived those four years for you. So much regret, still. But there's a verse in Joel, chapter 2, verse 25, that says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts has eaten. With the start of Freedom 13 Ministries in February of 2015, the Lord gave me the opportunity to speak to a group of women at Louisiana Tech about God's design for sex and healthy relationships. As I stood before them, I was able to share with them my story about the mistakes I had made in college, the regrets I had, and if I could, how I would go back and live those four years for the Lord. It was in that moment where I realized the Lord gave me a piece of those years back. In a way, I was hoping my mistakes in college would cause someone else, some other young woman, to live her life in a way that I so wished I would have lived mine. Just like the verse in Joel says, he does restore those years that the swarming locusts have eaten. And me getting to tell those girls at Tech what Christ had done for me was true discipleship. A true example of what a new life in Jesus Christ looks like. Like I said before, and I'll say it one last time, only our God can use our deepest pain and our deepest shame for his good and for his glory. That's who he is. I've given you just a, a small, real crash course on, on what Freedom 13 is. And later when we go into the Sunday school hour, you'll have the opportunity to ask questions and anything that you may want to know. Yes, we have tons of volunteer opportunities. We need you, if anything, just to pray for us. Those gifts, the, the gift of prayer, especially when the people of God come together on their knees on behalf of their community. Things happen. Things change women's lives are changed and it will affect generations to come for the glory of Christ and the cause of Christ. 
any kind of uh, question you have about donating to our ministry or volunteering at our ministry, all of that is real user-friendly on our website freedom13ministries.com and please please go and interact with us there or, or if you're on Facebook like us on Facebook and I'm always posting about our upcoming events outreach opportunities training opportunities for any of you who may want to get involved I just want you to know that true brokenness and true um, bondage does exist here and we can ask the Lord to give us his eyes and give us his heart so that we can recognize those who need our love and need our help. And we have to go to some dark places sometimes and it gets messy. But that's what God called us to do. He did not call us to sit on a pew. He calls us to get up and go out. I appreciate you having me here this morning. I'm looking forward to the, the next Sunday school hour. Um, any questions that you may have, please save them. There'll be a time for that. Uh, young people, I'm especially getting, uh, looking forward to getting the chance to, to speaking to you too as well. Please continue to pray for us. And thank you, thank you, thank you for having me here this morning. Will you stand with us, we're going to sing. <laughs>